hello there. Come in, come in. You must be here for the full session. The big man at the paperback cabaret has a soft spot for would-be philosophers and books. Once a week, he lets us use a back corner for a little chat in between rehearsals and performances, of course. Man's gotta make his money, you know. Head on back, doll. The gals are waiting for you. Hello and welcome back to the Paperback Cabaret. I'm Tracy. I'm Mary. I'm Tori. I'm Lisa. And we are thrilled to be moving forward in Ijoma Aluo's book, Mediocre, The Dangerous Legacy of White Male America. Today we begin with chapter one, Cowboys and Patriots, How the West Was Won. And before we jump into our music choices for the week, I just want to read a short excerpt from the book that I think will help give our listeners an idea of what to expect from this chapter. In the story of the Mountain Meadows Massacre lies the tale of the battle for the West. White men battling other white men for land that was never theirs, leaving nothing but destruction in their, way, in their wake. Cheerful stuff. We'll still have fun. We have too much to discuss today, but we are up for the challenge. We're going to kick off the show with our music choices, and don't forget to stick around until the end for our weekly I'm ready. Well, let me tell you. You're ready? So okay. Recommended <laughs> um, either called Spade Tooth. It's a heavy metal. I think it's a women, right? Yeah. It's a queer, it's a queer band. Yeah. A heavy metal band. Love is this, this song. The one that, is this the one that Mary shared with us, too? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, so there's the song she sent me, Echolalia. Obsessed with it. That's been my like number one rage song this week, and I've needed that fully. I've had all <laughs> not a terrible week. It's been heavy. A heavy week. I've had a heavy week. And um, I guess my other song on the flip side, because I've had also like a, I've had a good week. Like I've also, I've been happy this week also. And that song has been um, You Make Love and Fun by Fleetwood Mac. It's like, like such flip sides, but like, I think I've been on both sides all week where I've been like, oh, starry eyed and also like, Oh, <laughs> I just need to cry for two hours every day. Yeah. Like, I feel like Some sometimes weeks are like that. Like happy music and like heavy music. Sometimes like listening to one will give you space to feel the other one yeah. more freely. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. For when I'm like happy and feeling lighthearted and I have a place where I'm saying, fuck it all. I'm going to burn this shit down. Yes. Well, yeah. it's really fun. Like I said, I feel like I'm like dipping back into like new Fleetwood Mac that I haven't necessarily heard too much. Mm. And that's one of those songs I just kind of discovered this week. And I was just like, this is like, this is nice. I do like this. I feel, that's how I feel. Just kind of a little lighter right now, which is nice. But also like, yeah. Like I would could also scream and rage for a little while. I <laughs> love hearing that. Scream rage. Mm-hmm. Mary? It's okay to be both, right? Oh my exactly. gosh, right? What are your songs, Mary? Okay, so I haven't listened to a ton of music this week because I listened to the Tender is the Flesh audiobook. So that has just been like a lot of what I'm listening to, but... I guess I have listened to Omar Apollo a little bit. The song is Shame, just really good. The first song I would say that's probably. It's good. It's like poppy. It's very dancey. I love Omar Apollo. Yeah, great. I feel like I heard the, like I said, I heard rumors of him and Frank Ocean maybe dating. And after that, I was like, 
Bolin. I'm all. I'm in. I love him. I love him. What about you, Lisa? Do you have a song for the week? I think Spotify is like supporting my excavation of my past by like throwing up songs in my algorithms that feel so perfect. Wow, yeah. This is one that I've been listening to for a while, but I've been rocking it around town again this week, and it's called Sometimes by Nick Lutzko. Who is like a comedic singer, um, multi-instrumentalist, best known for his comedic songs and videos released via social media, particularly Twitter and YouTube. He's 32 from <laughs> and it's fun. It's just, it's fun and uh, I don't know, daddy issues. It's Love. Yeah. Speaking to me. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking this up. The one that I have picked for this week actually kind of feeds off of the end of our conversation, Lisa, that we had last week on like just finding, finding more, more sexiness for myself. We'll just, we'll just put it that way. Like that's just, that's just kind of how it feels. Um, So Mm -hmm. I found Spotify also seems to be like Tracy you feeling yourself this week and i'm like maybe a little spotify so they sent me a song and it's called lipstick by the venice connection and it's just kind of it's just kind of perfect like it just feels kind of right for how i'm feeling and it's I think it's a remake of an older song, but I've listened to it at this point so many times that I can't even think about what song it might be based off of any longer. But it's been fun, and it's led to like an entire... Also, from the one that you suggested, Lisa, Purge the Poison, I found a whole bunch of other songs from that, and I've just created a really fun new playlist that I haven't been able to like stop listening to. But that one, nice. that one is like at the is, top of my list at the moment. Is it giving you a bunch of Marina? Because I, can I throw in a second song? Oh, yeah. That also ties into like my whole research project. Yeah. It's called Family Jewels. Ooh. By Marina. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out because the one that I ended up adding was, of course, a Sophie Tucker, Tucker, a Sophie Tucker remix of one of a Marina song, and I was like, of course, of course, because me and Sophie Tucker forever, apparently. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I love that. Lots no, of really I always love finding an artist that I can like. Oh, I'm going through every song you wrote. Like, oh, right. I, I love it all. I need to know. I need to know everything. I all need your- all the remixes, everything you've touched, even your your shorts every once in a while on YouTube pop up for you. You're like, okay, I want to see what they're doing. Like- oh, no. <laughs> How was my Spotify rap that came up and it was like, you are like the true fan, like who digs deep. Like once you like an artist, you will find every song. And I was like, yeah, that is exactly me because like, <laughs> That's all I did on last year. I'm like, every every SZA song I could ever listen to. Every <laughs> entire discography. Oh, every deep dive. person I found that I liked. Let me look up every one of their songs. I love it. We love I get it, too. I'm 
love uncovering music. I love that we spend our first few minutes talking about music because I think like, I don't know, it allows for such a range of emotions to yeah. kind of get expressed early on. And I love that. And also I feel like it gives like it's... a peek into our, like how our week was. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa? I think for me, it's also gonna like, just, just like with gratitude. So one of, um, this should go in the purge section, I suppose, but like, but a happy purge is that a gratitude group online that I have belonged to and was kind of silent for a while is reforming. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing about like a dedicated gratitude practice is that you start thinking about, oh, what can I share or what can I note down today? And then you're looking for the good things, right? Mm-hmm. So with music, it's I think it's going to be the same for mm-hmm. me. I'll actually seek out new music more than I have in a long time. Yeah. So I'm glad we're doing this yeah. also. It's going to be really fun. I need to get back to our Spotify and get it like updated with some of the music that I haven't done yet, but I'll be working on that this week and I'm excited about it. So I was going to say one of my other friends, so I sent it to, I sent our pod to a man friend and then I sent it to another girl from my work at the bridge. She wanted it the pod too. Oh, that's fantastic. I forgot. I need to to send that to her as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just thought about that. But I was like, I was just so cute because she was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you had a podcast. And I was like, oh yeah. Like, it's just like us being my friends talking about (laughs) our books that we read. And I was like, it's kind of like a lot of little feminist rants kind of. And she was like, okay, yeah, send it to me. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'm into that. I was like, I like you. (laughs) (laughs) That energy, that energy, exactly. Well, that's actually, like, if you ladies are ready, that's actually a perfect way for us to, like, start jumping into our book. And I want to make sure that we give this, like, the vast majority of our attention because... This chapter. Holy balls. Yeah. What the hell? What the hell? So I know, I know, I, like, went wild. Did you have a doc? I do. I do. It's a bit intense. My apologies. No, no, no. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to make... No, no, no. No, please, because that was actually the next thing I was going to say is, like, there are too many questions for this week, and I am really sorry. Like, even in (laughs) when I was writing, I was like, I had problems restraining myself this week. Oh, my gosh. Apologize for being an overachiever. Don't ever restrain yourself. Yeah. I think we cover a lot. Yeah, I think we cover a lot. This one had so much that just touched me, like, anger, anger. I can't, and I, that's actually the first question, and so I guess we'll just start there, like, first reactions to the chapter, like, anything you just, let, like, hit you after you were done reading it, yes. or, yeah, okay, Lisa's, like, definitively, I want to jump yes. in, okay, so, <laughs> uh, my first reactions are, I need to go back and finish a degree in history, which is what I originally started. Yes! Uh, and, and switched to Spanish. Because, Sorry, no. <laughs> because, oh my gosh, like, you know, I know we learn some um, version of history in school, yeah. but wow. I, okay, so I think that to solve America's problems, everybody should be, like, forced <laughs> to relearn history, history, first of all. Mm-hmm. And second... Um, I just thought about Westworld right? and I was like, mm. which, you know, I, yeah, it just a bunch of wealthy white men going and pursuing their vilest, most violent yes. fantasies. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. With no repercussions. It, yeah. So I thought about Westfield and Lisa history. to piggyback off of that. You think about you know retelling the real history. That's what critical race theory is. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Shut down is like, hey, maybe we should acknowledge that white people haven't always been the good guy, and yes. like it's really awful, yes. systematic, you know, oppressive things going on. And everyone's losing their fucking shit because God forbid a white man feel right. uncomfortable. Yes. Well, and, and, and to piggyback off of that, <laughs> it occurred to me that maybe one of the books we should do in the future is the 1619. Yes. 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 Let's do it. The podcast I mean, for that podcast, is very I good. To the podcast when it came out. It's brilliant. It's very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, Yes, they TV? are. Yep. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a series. Yeah. I mean, it. yes, I am absolutely for that. I think it's a good one for us to Also, add. one other, sorry, one other, like, initial, I was just, to read about the Buffalo, <gasps> quote-unquote, Huntsville, it's just <laughs> heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I'm sorry. This... This is not a funny topic, but the way that Mary and Tori both just leaned in was too much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's exactly how I feel. The <laughs> well, statistic- I brought that up to Tracy so many times this week where it's like, wow, it's white men. My original, sorry. Here's, no, no, no. Here's the, t- here's the statistic that goes along this with, oh my God. The statistic that goes along with this. There were an estimated 30 to 60 million buffalo in America at the beginning of the 19th century, which is the 1800s. By 1900, there were only around 300. Hundred. Not 100,000. Hundred in total. And I think my biggest takeaway from that is we had talked, and this is exactly what we had talked about and pointed out from that, is like... That character of Buffalo Bill was able to live long enough to then see how his destruction had completely decimated the population of Buffalo and was able to come back and then say, well, we should actually really protect these guys. Like, right. You all know this was actually really wrong. Like, I gotta find that quote. That quote where she's like living long enough to see your mistakes and to see them realize and be able to come back full circle and be like, hey, actually, that was wrong. You know what? And at the same time, yay, he thought he was wrong, but fuck you. You shouldn't have done it in the first place. And you like, I have it. Go. You have it. One of the most brutal of white male privileges is the opportunity to live long enough to regret the carnage you've brought upon others. It's the white male privilege of like, oh, it's like, it's like that Joe Biden thing. Oh, was I voting racist back in the 80s? Yeah. But now I've come full circle because I've had all this time. And that's why I'm a better Democrat now. No, you're still a piece of shit because that's how you voted. Like, that's how you vote. That's how you, that's why I like the system you upheld. Yes, that's the system you upheld. You still uphold the system yes. you're still behind. Don't yeah. sit here and come to me now as a white man who's like, oh, but we've had time to think. And actually, black people do deserve breaks and don't have to be segregated and shouldn't. I do change my mind. That's exhausting. It's exhausting to have to constantly forgive white people for like, oh, I'm sorry you guys did that make those mistakes. And now we have to forgive you because like, well, you've that grown that up long enough. Yeah, and it wasn't that, and it was like, I don't know. It's always like, it wasn't that long ago in your history, truly. I understand, like, at a certain point, like I said, I've come, like, far in my growth mm-hmm. of, like, learning. Mm-hmm. I was a teen 
Yeah. I was a teen. I was in my early 20s. Mm. And even now, in my still early 20s is when I... <laughs> and really want to be picking up a book, picking yeah. up a fucking book, listening to one person, listening to two people, listening to three fucking people. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, empathy. Oh, wow. Other people have different perspectives than me. Oh, wow. Maybe this shit's not as easy. Yeah. But I think it's really important to talk about, too, though, like, systems of power and who has power. And it's yeah. like, you know, you might have had some opinions that you were taught that weren't the best yeah but it's also like Mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. about the damage that can be done like you know you probably didn't cause the almost extinction of the buffalo that's exactly (laughs) obviously you know I still I'm sure I did damage when I was younger and I was like toting purity culture and like homophobia and all that stuff like from the church but simultaneously it's like that's what we're looking at is these white men can do so much damage by yes. upholding these things, the system allows them to just cut through, yeah. you know? And so that's why... No, that's exactly... If they right. just pick up a book and change and turn their shit yep. around... You could, like... But, like, imagine the change you would... You know what I mean? Yes, like, spark if you went for, like, something that was productive in this world. But it's, mm-hmm. like, instead you stick to, like... Oh, man, I'm gonna, like, bring up that lady who reviewed it again. Yeah! <laughs> like, that lady who, who went on the review and was talking about how, like... Well, Bernie Sanders, though, is like, da, 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 da. and I didn't finish reading her review. Truly, yeah, we were reading a, a yes. Goodreads review this morning of this lady who was like ripping on our book and saying basically like, well, Bernie Sanders, I like Bernie Sanders, and he's pretty good. Well, and she was like, she was like, <laughs> she was saying like, she came to this conclusion kind of before she had even like wrote the book, and like even in my earliest English papers, I wouldn't write a paper that like I already like I forget went the conclusion and all of her arguments are pretty good and I pretty much follow them except on the last one and I'm gonna just like throw it out there like my arguments like if I was someone who didn't believe her this is what I would argue and it's like oh my god we don't need a devil's advocate I promise he's doing fine on his own I promise he is we don't need the fucking devil's advocate yeah we don't need him here get out of yourself save it and it's like my thing is it misses the whole conclusion of the book which is like yes Bernie Sanders is a fine white guy but we need better than fine being a pretty good white guy being a mediocre white guy is the detriment of our society and you're missing that in you're your missing review the point. when you say oh well but he's not that he's bad a, he's a pretty good guy <laughs> Black women, oh, you know what I mean? The hundreds the of black excellence. women that are the black yeah. excellence that has come forward that could have been better than him, that should have been promoted in a way, but wasn't because he is a regular ass white guy who we just, you know what I mean? We're going to go with it because he just gives it a regular ass face for, you know what I mean? Gives it the white face that the movement needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about. Lisa's got uh, something. So. Yeah, I, and I'm prepared to be yelled at, but like <clears throat> I do appreciate that he that Buffalo Bill grew and started to see the error of his ways. Sure. I mean, the damage was done. Mm-hmm. The cultural icon that he had become was solidified. But I I just want to leave room for peop for people, including our listeners. To grow and assimilate new knowledge and cha- and the ability to change their mind. Yeah. And 
to honor to honor that in some way because that is what is needed. Yeah. I think in my point, so that is though, a very is, valid thing to say. Thank yes. you. Yes. And I think but yeah. I think your your damage was done and you need to be twice as loud with walking that shit back then. You need to be twice as loud about being like, I'm not Buffalo Bill, that wasn't mm. me. Like and that didn't feel like that came out from him. It felt yeah. like you were still promoting those stories of all that good times. But like I was still that cool guy right. back then. And that's the part that's exhausting to like me mm. as a black person. It's like, no, but you need to be even louder than about like your anti-racism then. You need to be and doing him, double the work. Him and you're not like native people. He was like like him being applauded yes. for like being a conservationist. He was still doing the bare minimum. You're Did not doing change? us any favors it's just good. by doing the like, bare minimum. If you just change your vote, that's the bare minimum. Yeah. Be actively anti-racist. Be actively anti-this. Be actively better. Biden had said enough to just like, well, now I'm Democrat and I kind of support. Walk that shit all the way back. Walk yeah. that shit all the way back. Yeah. Go back to where all those policies that you voted for and walk that shit all the way back if you really regret all that stuff. Like, it's not enough for me for you to come come with like bare minimum allyship then after you decimated population of Buffalo. And that wasn't just what you did. You decimated populations of native people. people. And And that's what you knew you were doing. You knew you were doing that. You did that intentionally. You don't get to walk that back with, okay, that was wrong guys. We shouldn't do that. We should conserve the Buffalo. No, you don't get to do that. You have to be very loud and vocal about the fact that that shit was wrong. And you need to be doing reparations. You need to be doing your work like 10 times as hard. Be with those native people. Be figuring you out how you can. Having a show anymore. You don't get to have a you show anymore. Devote, you know what you I mean? need to be devoting your yeah. life to something better than, like better than, like that doesn't work for me. Like, yeah, I love, like, I, I agree. Like there needs to be room. But my point is if you're doing that much damage, you knew what kind of damage you were doing. I think, mm-hmm. I think you opens, knew the damage you were doing. It opens up the conversation that I think about a lot that I'm really interested in is this idea of like cancel culture mm-hmm. and um, like canceling someone. And I think most often when we talk about white men, when we say cancel, we're thinking of like, yeah, well, he's not working anymore. He lost his job. He is no longer doing X, Y, Z thing that he used to do. Mm-hmm. And I think what's important to understand is a to look at the fact that a lot of these white men um especially with the ones in this book like in the past they faced little to no backlash right yeah but even yeah. the men that we see today it's it's the bare minimum so basically when you find out that someone is you know being inappropriate at work or you know raped someone or whatever it is, sexual harassment, from sexual harassment all the way on the spectrum to rape, right? Basically what that is saying is that they cannot fulfill their job. That is them being unable to, they're doing a bad job if they're making it an unsafe work environment. So like firing them is the bare minimum. You know what I mean? Like we think about Mm -hmm. him still continuing to like, after he's committed atrocities to animals and people and land and all of these things. He still had his career. He still held in this light of like the American dream, this American mm-hmm. hero. But in his path, it's just like violence and domination. And, and it's not enough that he just said sorry. And now he's. I mean, I know the name Buffalo Bill from like. Yeah. I mean, truly, I wouldn't yeah. have known his legacy. Right. I just knew the name. But I knew the name. That's the thing. He he's still a had a name. He still yeah. had a name. Cowboy. Nice. And I guess, yeah. like, like I, I agree, Lisa, like you said, I, I totally don't mean to, like, I didn't mean to, like, the one that yelled at you. You're like, I prepared to be yelled at. I didn't mean to yell at you. I feel like I don't, I don't know if that came off really aggressive. But, like, truly, it's not, I you don't. You are passionate, Tori. 
I know. I just get such, I do just get really like excited about it. You are passionate. But I just, I truly do feel like, even in my own way, it's like, oh, I know the damage I had done. I wasn't out there, you know what I mean? Like picking in abortion clinics. But it's like, oh, I was at that. I was at those little. No, but it's like, I was at those, I was doing that walk for life. You know what I mean? I was doing that shit where it's like, oh, but I was there participating. Mm. And that's not enough. Like now I need to be actively anti or like anti for life. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like what I say. I think, I think it is very pro-choice. You know what I mean? I mean, it is different when you are a person who's like internalizing your own oppression or like your own group versus like a white man literally oppressing people ravaging the whole other the environment that's Things actually like- what i was just yeah that's actually what i was just thinking about is like the degrees mm-hmm. like yeah like with what with you saying like that's not enough like yeah. you need to give more mm-hmm. and i i think that's a fair request yeah for as as you said an atrocious thing that was committed like it yeah. truly is weeping worthy like at one point when i was looking through here i think i wrote the word grief in the margin because of the description between the loss of the buffalo and what happened to the people yeah what happened to the people that lived there well it was was so intentional they knew that was the plan if we get rid of the buffalo It'll get rid of the people. It'll get rid of the yeah. families because that's all they rely on. Oh my gosh! Also, I'm I'm reading this book. I also read um, "Thunder Is the Flesh" this week, which is a horror novel about an apocalyptic dystopian world in which it's illegal to eat animals because animals are diseased. So people turn to cannibalism, and so people are factory farming people. <gasps> but there's a lot of similarities to how we treated native people. Obviously we didn't eat them, but the violence that you turn them to to say like, they're not human. Yes. Yeah. Like, they're different. They're. It's that othering. It's that us versus them. That yes. it's like, you that have to make your human. Yes. Normalizes violence. Yes. yes. And it's, yeah. I don't know. Sorry. We can, no, no, you're right. But like, we can get back to the book. Sorry. We're like fully spiraling, but this is, I also, don't, I feel this is all part of the book. Yes. Well, and that's like the part that really, I think stood out to me the most was just that part of just like the intentionalness of like, we're not Decimating. just, I'm not going to be, I'm Buffalo Bill. I'm killing all these Buffalo, but it's so we get rid of the natives. It's, mm-hmm. he wasn't even, you're making up all half of it was lies anyway. Half of it was you trying to make yourself sound better by yeah. saying you killed way more than you did. And you actively saying, I'm more violent than I was. Back. Like you were hyper violent. Mm-hmm. You don't get to just be like, hey, we should have left the Buffalo alone. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't have killed the Buffalo. That might have been a mistake. Hey guys, can we keep, can we keep the Buffalo alive? Yeah. Hey guys, can we stop killing the Buffalo? Like that's not enough. That's, that to me isn't enough. Yeah. In that situation. I think in other situations, like truly there is redemption that could come. Right. Like we're talking about with this background. Yes. Like, like patting your coworkers, bud is not the same as sexually assaulting 60 women. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and that's the conversation we're having inside of the Me Too movement too. That's like, there are degrees of, you know, things that are wrong, especially when we live in a society that normalizes these things and violence. But it's yeah. also like, when harm is done, it needs to be, like, I mean, you can never undo it. Yes. It can never be undone. But like, reparations. Reparations. Reparations need to happen. 
And I think the story, the stories that we tell need to change. Agreed. I mean, everybody knows who Buffalo yes. Bill is, but like the, the massacre, the Mountain Meadows massacre, mm-hmm. like I had, if I had heard of that, I had forgotten. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also like Teddy Roosevelt, you know, my, my thoughts of, of him previously are like establishing the national park system and like being... You go to the site, what is it, the Natural History Museum yeah. in New York City, mm-hmm. and it's like you are overwhelmed by floor-to-ceiling quotes of his and statues. Roosevelt said this quote in the book mm. on page 27. Mm. I think I know which one you're going to do. Okay, so Roosevelt also seemed to believe the same violent racist stereotypes of Native people that were displayed in the early Wild West shows, infamously saying in 1886, I don't go so far as to think that the only good Indian is a, is the dead Indian, but I believe nine out of every ten are, and I shouldn't like to inquire too closely into the case of the tenth. It makes me want to claw those. Roosevelt but it's seriously, it's that like I know, you know, I don't know, but I don't care to learn. It's that willful ignorance. Yeah. Just that idea of like, well, I mean, George Washington wasn't that bad because he got rid of his slaves when he when he was done. George Washington had 18 slaves by the time he was 18. George Washington had slaves up until he died, until he didn't need them anymore. He's not a good guy because he was the first president and he kind of set a legacy for us. And then he let his slaves go. He had slaves all that time. You don't get to just like, oh, but I'm kind of a nice guy. I'm doing all this good stuff. And like, I'm doing some good stuff. And then be like, but I'm also extremely racist. And I don't think black people should have rights. I don't think native people should have rights. And I think they maybe are violent and terrible. Yeah, maybe not all of them, but I think some of them are. Yeah, like that's Most. not two don't go together. Yeah. Notice how Aluo, when she's like in her writing, she um she says, "I don't think white all white people are mediocre. I don't think any race is prone to mediocrity." Notice mm-hmm. that's not a generalization against white people. She never said, "Hey, I think all white people are mediocre." Notice how this man says. I don't think all of them are, but I know some of them are. Like, it's like, I mean, that's the same thing, I guess. But it's like, you don't even have the desire to even inquire into who they are. You don't even have the desire to figure it out, figure out the differences, learn their culture. I mean, willful ignorance. It's willful ignorance. It's you completely saying, I don't even want to know. I'm not going to do my research at all. I just know they're all pieces of shit, kind of, or some of them are. I think it's so important to talk about that too of like what we're up against with racism is pretty much saying like the kind of misconceptions that like conservative white people have about black people, native people, queer people, these ideas of perversion being like not hardworking, whatever it is, that she has to start this book and be like, I don't have bad misconceptions about white people. Literally racism is from the jump. Bad misconceptions about other people. Yes. You know what I mean? And so that's what is built on yes. but she still has to be like and i i don't feel that way but this because, is what we promote right this is all she said all she said is i don't think everyone is this is not a race prone to mediocrity mm-hmm. but we promote mediocrity in these in this race mm-hmm. in a way that is detrimental to everyone and then people mm-hmm. are still coming back at that like which is already which is already her extending grace yes being like I know this isn't who you are. Like it's seeing the goodness in the human individual that is not being extended. Or it's saying, hey, recognize that this is what's happening and promote someone who's not mediocre anymore. Promote another white person that's not mediocre is basically what she's saying. We can't be better than anymore. It's not okay to be better than we were or to be a better than that guy. 
you've got to be great. We need to just tell people they need to be great. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we just and need that they to can be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's like on the flip side of that, there's so much that goes into telling people that they belong in a certain space, that yeah. they can and cannot do certain things. And yeah. I think that that is present through all race, socioeconomic scales, I guess. Maybe it was, maybe it was one of the interviews that I was watching with Alua where she was like, white men are told that they can do whatever they want. Like they can have whatever job they want. They can have whatever education they want. They can have whatever girl they want. Like the American dream is just sitting out there waiting for them to grab. And she was like, as a black woman, no one ever told me I could do whatever I wanted to. I was told that these were the things that I could do and that I should aim for. But there were a lot of restrictions that came around that too. And I'm certain I'm paraphrasing what she said. Yeah. But at the same time, like the sentiment is there. Like yeah. as a woman, what are you told women? that you can do? Yeah. What was that? I said so much of that is just women. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's like yeah. you're it's like men are socialized to know like the world is gonna be like we I think we talked about it's this yours. last episode with like suicide rates where it's like and even just like men with mental health, where it's like, of course you are devastated when you receive failure. You had never prepared for that. That had never crossed your mind that maybe this won't work out or maybe mm-hmm. I'll have to mess up a few times and then I'll do well. You yeah. are constantly like, all you hear as a kid is like, oh, good job. You're like doing so great. Like you're the best. You're just the best. Like mm-hmm. you're just a little king. You're the your prince. You're amazing. It's like, that's how they're it's socialization. Yeah. Like, I think what I'm thinking about too, this is like, more on topic of the book and less about this particular chapter but even just the ways in which like I don't know how you guys were socialized but there was kind of an expectation growing up that you just like accept a man who's nice enough yes. who doesn't hit you yes does a good job mm-hmm. and or he knocked you, you up likes you yes yeah he supports you has a heart for the lord you know what I mean? Like yeah. that was that was wow. the expectation that I felt experience. growing up. Was like, yeah, same. Don't expect too much, Lisa. Yeah. yeah, Lisa's Lisa, your face. No, I'm just I'm so sorry because this was not my experience yeah. at That's all. Good. I, That's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. good to have an exception. Well, I mean, for me, you know, my mom, my parents split when I was. Five. Mm-hmm. I, so I was raised by a single mother who matriarchy breeds like room for rebellion. I feel like, ooh, I love that. and sh- it was all you know. It was. Uh, I mean, the message I got was make your own money and don't ever rely on a man. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> Which ha- I mean, that has there's, its own. Yeah. I know there's so much in it's that that you can only rely on yourself sometimes. But but wow. Yeah. It didn't stop me from putting up with bad shit because I, you know, spent years trying to find the validation I didn't get from my own nuclear family because my father just wasn't super present. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's really, I think that's good to point out too. I think it wasn't like my mom growing up said that because of course my mom always was like you'll find your prince you'll find like you deserve the moon whatever but I mean it's what was modeled for me yes right it's what was modeled in like the relationships I saw that 
you put up with a lot, you look the other way, you extend mm-hmm. grace, and you are perfect. Well, and like yeah. men are just like, oh, guys are just, they're just like that. They're a little bit dogs. That's, a bit. Yes. that's the one that I heard a lot growing up. Yes, they're going to be a little bit like that. Or like we were talking about it last night, and it's like, even being with my ex, it felt sometimes like they were, my family is kind of like, well, he pays for all your stuff, and like, mm-hmm. he would have paid for you to go through school, so like, why did, why couldn't you do it? And it's like, missing all of the expectations that comes with like, oh, he pays for all my stuff, yeah, he pays for all my stuff, we're not married, mm-hmm. I, he doesn't like owe me anything, I don't, he, he pays for all my stuff, mom, like, yeah. dad does like, read into that yeah mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yes it's an ignorance of like not even seeing and it came to a point where I just had to be like I'll be poor yeah. and living on my own I'll have four jobs yeah. and sad all day only working I'll do whatever it takes to not do this but it's like dude I'm 23 24 I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to get out of this like I I understand that it's like that's what what else do you need to ask for a man he's not punching you in the face and it's like yeah thank you but also please be my help if I need if I'm telling you this isn't working and I'm not doing well yeah. please be my help be yeah. there to like say so you deserve more yeah yeah I think and don't tell me that I should well it's like everyone else I had talked to like even like because my cousin charisma we were like our joke is like at that time we were just it's a pit of hell in our lives like both of us just going through a lot and it was like she was like I'll give you my whole tax return she's like I'll give you my whole tax return you buy out of your lease like we'll put all of our money together that we made right now like all the money we have like we were just like I'm like about to start crying but literally we were just thinking like how can we pull all of our money together and just like she's just like I can see you like withering away like I was so mm-hmm. tiny and so thin like I was just so I just was so thin and just so small and I'm just like I can see myself withering and it's like you guys didn't even care like why couldn't you have stepped in why couldn't you have offered me your whole tax like I get that you have other stuff going on too but it's like why wasn't that your main priority too like why did I have to just have my friends who are like hey you're so much better than this you don't have to do this at all like even my sister like it just felt like very much at that point where it was like why am I the only one that thinks this is crazy? Me and me and her are the only two that think this is crazy. Yeah. No, but it's, it's okay. But that's like, it's that moment where you're like, what are we doing? What are like, what are we supporting in our systems? Yeah. Like, what is this? how does this work for anyone? Like, mm-hmm. and then you're like, it just makes sense why women are stuck in these. I saw to pull each other out of it. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like oh my, my other pod, my FBU podcast, Lisa, Lisa Traeger. Yeah. The, uh, the comedian I sent you guys her like little comedy thing about mm-hmm. like the unconditional love and I can't even sleep in. Yeah. Like, yeah. But she was like, <laughs> yes, but she always jokes around. It's like, but she always says like women should just get money from the government just in case they're in a really shitty situation at some point. Yeah. To just have money in their own account. A little nest egg. Yes. Just in case they ever need to get out of a really, they, they just should automatically have a nest, like something put away for women. But oh, but honestly, you think about that, like with the domestic violence rates yes. that we have, that we know about the abuse of women and girls that happens, like, and you think about the systems that we have that support men and business and finance and like these systems that uphold and support the system. Or how like, women have to go into these shelters that are hidden when they are like the victims then, like they have to go into hiding and they have to then be yeah. put on tools. Uh, be home by nine o'clock. Don't tell anyone your address. You can't have people over. Which is you so have similar to be, those systems are already in. Which is just like abusive. what they're exactly. It's the yeah. same abusive or not abusive, but it's the it same feels. rules. It can feel like you're suffocated once again by rules, mm-hmm. even if it's for your safety. That's what it was before. It was for your safety. 
Yeah. yeah. But more, so you wouldn't get punched by the guy. That's it's like exhausting. It is. It's exhausting. Being a woman is endlessly exhausting. Yeah. Well, just, so, yeah. thankfully, Lisa was given an opportunity to be like encouraged for independence. Yes. Um, that, like you said, that is exhausting on its own. I understand yeah. that. Well, you know, my my mom never. I mean, she never even really dated again. Yeah. I mean, she. There was never another man in the house. And I, you know, I wish she had found somebody else later. But at the same time, like, I have come to realize how safe that probably kept me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I I wasn't exposed to crazy um, relationship dynamics or, I mean, gosh, abuse, the opportunity for Mm -hmm. abuse would have increased i mean it's the call's always yeah. coming from inside so, your house basically yeah always. wow especially when you have a third party that is not related and you have little girls in the house that's really scary. yeah yeah right exactly yep yeah like that's, i can that's that's like i'm truly like good for her yeah good for her. yeah like, it shouldn't have to be that way and it shouldn't but be it scary. is good for you yes. that you are safe you know right and obviously it's right. if you want your mom to like have her person and have that partner but it's also just like it's terrifying well and sometimes yeah. it's like it's a yeah. lot it's single mom that's intense yeah. yeah that's intense and you have like so much to be doing mm-hmm. and like taking on and that's mm-hmm. probably a lot then for you as kids too was like a lot of taking on a lot then i also wanted to talk about this uncle brian character yeah we, we all have an uncle brian <laughs> <laughs> He's on Facebook and won't stop. And I think you had talked about getting off Facebook Lisa, a little bit too, where you were like, it just was too much sometimes. Oh gosh, where it's right? like, yes, you're always like getting into an argument with someone who's posting. And my oh, whole family is that little group. Of it's just pointless. I think it's just pointless. The ruthlessness of like when I first, when I was like probably 17. And I was discovering like baby feminism. Like my feminism was like women are people and should be able to go to school and learn a earn a livable wage. And I started to like share things like that, like the ways in which I had uncles and aunts and family members from or people from church just like attack me as yeah. like a glowing child. And yeah, you've been radicalized. You don't know. And they're sending me articles and they're being cruel on Facebook. And I'm just like trying to flex this little muscle of autonomy of like, I can discover things and think things for myself in a way it's so like attacked. <sighs> well, like, like she said, it's like, she's, what did she say? On issues I had no desire to debate. Yeah. On issues right. I had no desire to debate. I had no desire to debate my rights as a woman it's that sad. I should be able to have an abortion if I want to, like if I need to, it's if like I feel like I need to. It's unsolicited argument. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we having to have this conversation after I like, I can't just feel this way. I can't just think that this like, whatever, like just cause it's, I'm just, I keep tying things into other things, but it's like that whole thing of like women's existence provokes a uh, reaction from men of like, you know, well, what was she wearing when she was attacked? It's that like, well, you posted it on Facebook. So or you, you open yourself up to these well, kinds she, of criticisms. It is. Like, no, I'm, I'm just trying to share, you know, God forbid I try to be helpful and share resources or try to create community around a topic that I'm interested in. Or just try yeah. to live. God forbid I just try to live. Yeah. The onus shouldn't have to be on us. Like just be a better human. Yeah. Like, you know? Yes. Gosh. I don't know a lot. It doesn't of seem like a lot to ask like, for. 
a lot of like friends Facebook statuses. It's like, I mean, I, I definitely at the beginning of the pandemic found myself in some relatives Facebook holes is there just like, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to vaccinate all, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I definitely fell into that hole. Like then you could die. You're hurting people and had to like step away from my computer and just be like, take a lap. I got to take an emotional lap. Mm -hmm. Like for the most part, like I don't know people who go, no women who go on other people's social medias and do the Uncle Brian thing. Like reverse. I challenge you. (laughs) We need to just argue. It's going to be the do the Uncle Brian is going (laughs) to be my new catch. Doing the Uncle Brian. Brian. You're doing the Uncle Brian. I went to an Uncle Brian the other day. You're doing the Uncle Brian. Maybe I'm too fortunate that I have cultivated the circle of people that I spend the majority of my time with. They are overwhelmingly progressive, liberal, educated. This is who I talk to, and I don't really do social media. Like, I dropped out of Facebook forever ago because I just couldn't handle how toxic it felt. And I was like, there's no coming back from this. Like, if you're on social media, you are a victim. Yeah. Potentially, like I like, and I it makes like about sitting. Sorry, it makes me nervous. And Michael just being like, I think I said something like, "Well, billionaires don't pay taxes, so I don't feel like too terrible." <laughs> something about like just taxes are like don't like I can make little. I can do maybe. I'm like I get little crimes. You can like, though. Like, I, little crimes are okay because like. People are committing big crap. Like these guys are not paying any taxes. I think we're and he was just like, but yeah, you're... thank you. Yes, exactly. And I was like, oh, I love this circle. Like I can <laughs> my eye. Like somebody was like, hell yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love, I love Jason. It's a friend. good group of people. Yeah. But at the same time, it means that like I don't really interact with my extended family mm-hmm. ever. If my parents were still alive, I'm fairly certain they would have been Trump supporters. And that yeah. would have been very difficult for us yeah. to navigate. And so yeah. I'm almost thankful that they weren't alive for that. But yeah. like, as far as having an Uncle Brian, I feel like I've ruthlessly removed people like that at this yeah. point. I don't have time for it. I don't. I and I don't I don't have anyone that I have to be forced to interact with that I don't want to. Yeah. Thanksgivings are mine. I get to invite yeah. who I want to my house. And I love yeah. that. Christmas, however the fuck I want. I think it's like I think that's why I always am like, I can't wait to grow up and then not have to care about any of these people anymore. Which is like I can do now. I could probably I cut all these people off and never care about these people now. But it's like now. Talking about that, like being 27, I feel like it's not that I, oh, it's so, it's so painful. It's such a painful reality. But like, even within my family, like, I think I'm gonna have to start doing my own thing. Like, yeah, this is painful. Yeah. And like, I've been making a case for my boundaries for the past 10 years, and they're not being respected. So like, you know, you're always gonna want your parents to change, you're gonna always want them to be 
to accept you for who you are. But it's like, yeah. if they're not going with you, I got to really like toe the line and be like, okay, I, I got to back it up. Boundaries. I yeah. know where I am, where I have to cut this off or cut this conversation or cut this. Like I would never yeah. let someone talk to me the way that I let them talk yeah. to me. So it's like, even if as my parents, I got to hold my boundaries. Yeah. Or I think I told you guys like being at like the gay bar with these guys and it's like, oh my god like you are the worst people I've ever met in my life like get away from me like I don't want people in my circle that can't sit and hang out at a gay bar that's mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. it's weird that you guys are so you can't just sit here and hang out like what are you what's wrong what is wrong tell me what you're afraid of is it the men are you afraid of other men are they going to be creepy to you yeah. oh are you so scared of men being creepy to you yeah oh god imagine how I feel every day of my goddamn life like Oh God, I would hate for you to feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable for five for seconds. seconds yeah. Oh my God, you have to see that drag queen. She looks beautiful. What are you? Oh You're my God. You're afraid to get a boner? I am so scared for you. I hate that you have to be here. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, get such a grip. Get the big, like, oh, get help. Oh, get help. You're doing a real Uncle Brian first. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's like. That really so Uncle weird. Brian is a, like a feature for all of us. I think at some point in time, whether we still like, I, I I think the other thing is, is like, I don't leave my house a lot. I'm kind of a hermit. So I don't have to interact with the public very often. And I'm very grateful for that too, because I've done that for far long enough. And it's astonishing to me whenever like the real world hits me with people behaving like this. For example, the Bundy brothers at the end of our chapter. And I'm going to kind of like move us along to that yeah. if you're ready, because we've got yes. about a half hour left. And I do, I don't know how this was so recent and I missed it. I mean, in some ways I do. I'm terrible about paying attention to the news. No, but and, I mean, so. I think it was intentional. Like, yeah. but what? away quickly. Yeah. Like, Lisa, the way did it- you catch this? Like, well, it was happening. Do you remember uh, when it was happening? Yeah. I, yeah, I do remember it happening, but I think I intentionally did not pay a whole lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of the things I couldn't devote my, you know, I paid attention to Waco and it was happening and I was quite little. Then. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's going to be another. It's going to be another one of those. I you don't know. Another, yeah. I do think it's kind of funny that um, the Mormons came into play here. What do you. In this you, chapter after we just talked. What do you remember? Because like, you said you remember a little bit. What do you remember from like. I mean, I remember it being in the news. I remember them being holed up yep. and there, you know, a confrontation to come in. Yep. Kind of. Th- that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. The fire. And I remember I, the fire I feel part. like maybe one of the Duck Dynasty guys went there. Did that happen? We'll have to look that up because maybe I'm wrong, but like, I, I just, you know, I was like, yeah, this seems like. What a, a weird dynasty. thing in the zeitgeist, <laughs> like mid 2000s was like Duck Dynasty. Never got that. Yeah. Not wrap my head around that. Just couldn't. Still I think can't. that when we that's what I, I was thinking about this when we were doing our like initial reactions to the chapter was mm-hmm. like you think about what gets televised in the stories that get told. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, you know, I listen to the news a decent amount. Like I try to keep up with what's happening. I never heard about this. Yeah. Like the ways in which men even you think about how little we heard about the uprising. I mean, obviously for like, you know, a couple of weeks we were talking about it. But like, think about how long we've been talking about Hillary Clinton's emails. 
how relevant that Good still point. is. And like a bunch of yes. white men like overthrow the government or try to, it has like a new cycle of two weeks. And this situation I never heard about. You and know, for me, this situation I think really encompasses like when she was saying basically like white male mediocrity isn't working for any of us. We have to yeah. be able to take a step back and realize that, right? Like and like these white male governing bodies are not helping even the regular white guys. Like even you as a regular white guy are gaining nothing by being feeding mm-hmm. into this system. And like obviously this is a real nut situation, but like yeah, let's summarize it. Let's summarize it. Let's break it down because so yeah. basically what happened is the Bundy brothers, it's um <laughs> how do you say this? Ryan Clive, Ryan and Amen. Yeah, it's Cliven the dad. Yeah, I I definitely yeah, said Cliven. Yeah, Cliven. I'm Cliven. Um, so basically, it's it's cattle, right? They're like feeding, raising, raising cattle. You want to pay, and you're supposed to pay. And I love that she mentions that's a very small amount of money. <laughs> like it's pennies on the dollar. It's not a lot of money to have your cat, your cows. I said cats. Hi, mm-hmm. one track mind. For your cows to feed on the national parks grass, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a common courtesy, and she's saying that like. This organization is really, really lax. It's important to say that too, that like they're not paying a lot of money. Regulation yeah. is really low. Mm-hmm. Even that felt like an affront to these brothers of like, mm-hmm. we will not pay it. We're not going to do it. It's offensive mm-hmm. that you would ask us and that they like ended up like, overthrowing the like the government, the, the government, the what's the word I'm looking for? The institution in their area. And we're like, no, we're gonna hold up. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. The program seems like a stupid way to that. Rather than pay this menial amount of money to like feed our cows, it's like the principle of the thing, and that's what a lot of white supremacy is. Is it's like we need to feel in charge. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a need to yeah be on top of these systems, and it's like this isn't working, and we don't need like there shouldn't be a top. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we don't need a top. Like. I don't know. Yes, and it's like this need to dominate this system in there, or like own this land, or like have this has to be mine, so my cattle can graze here. Yeah, I don't know. There is like something so white supremacist about it. Like I don't, I don't entitlement. Even, yes, the entitlement of like this is mine. Entitlement. Yes. I won't pay for it, and I won't. Ha- I shouldn't have to. Yeah. Can we can we talk about what toys they brought for their tantrum? Two thousand fourteen. This is my favorite part. On April 12, 2014, the Bundy family led hundreds of armed supporters to the federal government's holding pen for the Bundy cattle. They set up armed sniper positions and erected roadblocks. They were, according to Cliven, ready to do battle. These are private citizens. Fully armed. Every... It's like a fantasy, though. Exactly. It's like this Wild West fantasy. It's that Uncle Brian of, like, none of this actually happened. You just have this fantasy of you defending yourself against someone. And yep. these guys have been preparing for this. And so now, like, their fantasy is, like, of their, like, a oh, reality. we that this was going to happen. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's time. It's time. Finally, pull out all the stuff. Pull out all the stuff. Get that bazooka. Get the bazooka. Like, Roadblocks. And, they, and, and they, they, did, they did how much time? Didn't it say, like, a few months? Like, yeah. they were given, like, yeah. this one, were- yeah, this one was a very, this was the first major one that went down because they weren't, 
the consequences of this was basically that the Bundys went home and still didn't have to pay taxes. Yep. And the government, they were like, the government won't try that again for a few more years. And they were right. And so then two years later, his sons, I guess, had decided that things needed to move faster. They wanted to escalate whatever the situation was, and they were just done with the bullshit. And so they went on the attack again, and this time they, like, took over a whole city. Yes. Armed armed individuals just to send on this local town because you can't pay your taxes. You choose not to pay pay your taxes being american means you don't have to pay your taxes well and it's that environment of like like i said those rich white guys at the top are paying tax why should i have to pay my taxes why should i have to if these people don't and like i shouldn't i should also be above you know what i mean like i should also be above the system that we you know like that's the that's That's like you're right yes that's the delusion of like being a white man it's like i'm above this though like well, I, I think I shouldn't have to pay taxes, so I'm gonna put all my money over whatever they do, not pay taxes. I'm gonna get a bunch of government cuts and. So I think she really hit on something towards the beginning of the chapter, yeah. which was, which is about belonging, right? Ooh. So page eighteen, talking about Uncle Brian. <laughs> and for a man with no job, few friends, and a family that couldn't stand him, pretending to be a main character in violent American mythology was as close to belonging as he was yeah. ever going to get. That's what we're steeped in. And I th- think we see maybe a lot of that with some of these, I'm not, go- I don't even want to name them, but some of these, you know, white supremacist organizations mm-hmm. is, the, is the feeling of belonging mm-hmm. that it offers. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe... I mean, I don't the solution if there is one, but I think we might find something of a solution in that bit of wisdom, which is that these poor white men need something to belong to that's maybe a little bit better for them, less destructive. Yeah. People need yeah. community. People yeah. need community. People need do sports, guys. What about it. sports? I mean, yes, <laughs> go get into football. Go find a football team that you love. Go mm-hmm. do what the rest of them do. Yeah, like, I mean, go yell at the, at the Patriots. Well, that's what a lot of like ex like neo Nazis when they leave these organizations. That's the mm-hmm. story they usually tell. Is like, I was sixteen. I was abused. I was alone. And they like mm-hmm. gave me a it's like a game. It's it like is. A game. It is. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Seriously, mm-hmm. except that it's like you know the idea of a gang is that it's counter to the system that is. This is with the the power system that yes. is. It's aligned with it. So you have this illusion. You go from having no power to this illusion of all the power because you're aligning yourself with yeah. this white supremacist idea yeah. that will protect you. That you have. Mm-hmm. It takes yes. you from the bottom of the food chain to the top mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, what, what hope do the, what hope do we have though when like three year old kid Bundy, I can't remember which one, is like boycotting getting government assistance from the school? Like, first of all, I kind of admire his dedication to his belief, but at the same time, it's not his belief. He's in third grade. Somebody put that, his father put that belief. No, like his father put that belief into mm-hmm. his head. I mean. It it was indoctrination, and then you see it play out as an adult, you know, taking over a refuge center. Uh, I I love what she wrote in regards to his lunch boycotting. 
Uh, nothing says American like a boy making a woman struggle so that he can seem independent. <laughs> like I said, yes. Did you like, like, did you like cheer? Like mom. I was like, yeah, yeah, come on. Of his mom who then had to figure out his lunch all of a sudden now because she clearly didn't have the money before. Give like, her that a was break. Come on. What is wrong with you? Like it's the delusion of like, oh, I'm a kid. I don't know anything, but do. I do know that I'm better than, I don't, I'm better than this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like. I can't. I can't. I meant to look up and see if she divorced or divorced Cliven or if they're still doubt married. It. But I doubt <laughs> it. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, oh I. I mean, it go ahead, to, Mary. It speaks to like the indoctrination of you know kids are working with kids. They're little sponges and they'll soak up for better or for worse what their parents everything tell mm-hmm. them because they have to survive and all that all that jazz attachment styles and whatnot. And it's like, that's why it's so dangerous. And that's mm-hmm. why, that's why we're seeing the pushback against teaching kids about like critical race theory and like the drag bills that are being, or like the anti-queer bills Which that are being passed in Indiana. Yep. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Tennessee banning drag shows, like there's fear because Studies have shown when exposed to a more broad perspective, people leave their bigoted ideas because, you know, exactly. people are capable of learning and growing. And it's just like our country wants to stay in 1950 for some reason. Stick to our traditional American values. The system's working according to design. That is true. I think I wanted to address your question or one of your discussion or questions Please. like that. Feminization. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is exactly it. It's that fear of like, anytime you're like accepting any kind of, it's like, oh, that's, we don't do that. Yeah, you're being a sissy. Yeah, like that's, that's such a girly, like, I don't know, like that fear of feminization is like, is so present Mm -hmm. in our society still today, even. And it's like, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And like you said, it's like, I think we discussed this in the, like the witches book where it's like um, in defense of witches, where we had talked about how it's like the the things that are put under feminine is like empathy. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like being thoughtful. It's like being yeah. like yeah, being soft, team building, yeah, being some kind of gentle person, like mm-hmm. being any kind of caring about something outside of yourself or your mm-hmm. little soul. That's yeah. really like that's intense. That's what we are trying to like. That's what we're afraid of. And people mm-hmm. and that's what is keeping white supremacy in you know like that is what white supremacy is it's terrifying that's terrifying mm-hmm. i don't or like you see it now with like i'm always like and then these pop culture references it's like with that like i don't know if you saw that asap rocky and like rihanna with their baby and people came like there's like a picture of them with their baby nope sorry it's <laughs> <laughs> like she's like leading them and she's like pregnant like again obviously but he's holding the baby kind of in the background and people he's are like look, he's looking at the baby and like, she's so like nurturing. chest forward like marching forward like this like, like holding his him. holding his hand and he's holding the baby and like cooing you know what i mean to yeah, the baby. It's the like a sweet little picture of their family right yeah sweet 
the picture and it's like people are on TikTok like or on, on Twitter, Twitter just like on social media dissecting this shit like they did like a like, diagram diagrams like and then she's leading and he's toxic he's, masculine yes, lead or toxic feminine lead he's taking the feminine position of holding the baby <gasps> he's putting on himself look at him look at him hiding his masculinity and it's like this like oh my god what a broken is- down feminine man and it's like and it's also for like, carrying his baby yeah and she's like leading they're like walking on a beach and her hair is like flowing in the wind we'll have to find, we'll put the picture on yes. our social media i can do that today Please, yeah um, drew afwalo did a tiktok response yes to it, and we also need queen. to share i wanted to talk about that we had saw we both talked about that tiktok with that uh where the woman had broken down kind of like how it's like mm. it's these like yeah. it's this white supremacist idea mm. of like when we when we had slaves the slaves took on the like low work of taking care of like all white women's job was to have babies mm-hmm. all white man's job was to produce earn yeah earn a living produce the babies you know i mean keep everything it's like these two have their specific roles and all the lower tasks that they didn't think were worthy of their time were slaves jobs mm-hmm. and then after that it was in the 1950s and then we had like well we had black women who were like paid very low but we're working in your home and cleaning and taking care of the children and yeah. doing that still work. Mm-hmm. Now it comes down to like women and men arguing about it. And it's like, who's going to, yes, but it's like, yes. And now it's become this feminine work. And now it's like, men don't want to take that on at all because any kind of feminine work is like tearing down the white supremacy altogether. Mm-hmm. But white women are also seeing this like impact of like, well, now I have to do all the work and I don't have, I don't want to do the low work either. Like, Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's like fighting for that top spot. It's, it's still fighting to not do the things that you think are beneath you. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really brilliantly said too. He's talking about like jobs that are expected that like no one wants to do, mm-hmm. and so it's given to people like yeah, less desirables, your less desirables in your and it's upholding. Society. It's the ways that like the fam- the um. Sort of that nuclear people. family the nuclear family upholds white supremacy yeah mm-hmm. and these ideas of yeah labor division and stuff that happens inside the home i i just started reading recently the new jim crow and one of the things that she talks about in the beginning of the book is how desperately people want to not be at the bottom yeah but my thought on that is it's because we know how bad it is yeah. We know how bad we've made it. Yeah. And so of course we don't want to be there because it's horrible and there are no safeties for people in those really vulnerable places. Like yeah. I I remember distinctly not having enough money, having to go on food stamps, having to do state health care because we didn't have any. And sometimes we couldn't even have state health care because it wasn't offered until like whenever for us. So there's like and I was a single parent. I mean Lisa, I hope you don't mind me saying I know you were as well. That's a struggle. And being in that position versus where I am now as a married woman with two incomes, like, life is way easier now than it was before. I don't want to go back to where I was before. And so I can see where people, once they have like that little bit, like hold on to it for dear life. And it becomes almost an obsession to hold on to good enough instead of pushing past that comfort zone to what might actually be better and not yeah. just for you 
but yeah. for everyone. And that turns back yes. into the mediocrity. Flip it. Exactly. Yeah. Good enough is like the mediocre standard of yes. like, just Better be happy with the be lot be that, that you be have. Because it yeah. could always be worse. It could yeah. always be worse, but it could always be better. Yeah. Yeah, like be better, better than or like being the best option can't really be it anymore. We have to really strive for the best. Like at this point, it has to be. We gotta go for better. We're at a point where we can strive for the best. We don't I, need. To I wanna. Be- I wanna say something. Actually, like, I think if we are not in crisis mode already. We are rapidly approaching it. At the end of the chapter, she writes, even for those who will never da- who will never don a cowboy hat, the idea of a white man going it alone against the world has stuck. It is one of the strongest identifiers of American culture and politics, where, corporate, where cooperation is weakness and others are the enemy, to be stolen from and conquered. The devastation that the mythology of... or the devastation that the mythological cowboy of the West has wreaked did not stop with the ex- extermination of the buffalo. It may not stop until it, it has destroyed everything. So, Lou. And I think we might be close to that. It feels like it does, doesn't it? Destroying the planet. Yeah. Like, where we are running out of options and like are truly like. We're racing to Mars. So good. So, like you said, I, I mean, even I think we might do it even before we destroy the planet. I'm like, and not like, even I mean, to, with climate. Not race even to Mars. Yeah. It's still just no. I think we might. I think we might destroy. I think we might destroy everything before climate change does. Yes, right. Well, the way we like are touting around nuclear weapons. White male mediocrity. We can probably also translate that to political leaders. Probably we can definitely translate that to political leader- leaders globally. Vladimir Putin, sorry, but you were a prime example of a guy who's a mediocre dude who got somewhere and now is making everyone miserable. Like yeah. for your for you to feel good, mm-hmm. others must suffer, yeah. and that same like that is. That's Ooh. the yeah exactly like that's the thing like at the beginning of the section where it's about the Bundy brothers where it's like the dad had been like he had stilled in his own his own sons the willingness to suffer and make everyone else around them suffer in order to maintain their independence and I really think she should have put independence in quotations because you don't gain that independence without hurting other people without pushing other people down so you can feel like you are on top it's not independence it's domination and that has to stop it just has to stop i'm reading um everybody by olivia lang it's a Mm. book about it's about Um, what it's about it's the subtitle is a book about freedom Um, but she's talking about like the american obsession with the idea of freedom and being free yeah. And she's like, at the, the cornerstone of it is that true freedom must acknowledge that I am only free or I only have freedom when my freedom acknowledges yours as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, just the idea of like lackluster, I'm free to do whatever I want. I'm free to abuse this person. I'm yep. free yes. to be cruel. I'm free to like take other people's rights away. No, mm-hmm. like freedom is only freedom when it acknowledges that everyone else has freedom as well. Yes. You know? That is an important statement. Yeah. 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 yeah it, is. it is. 
Are we kind of at our purge here? I think so. We actually, you are perfect timing, my love. Yes. All right, we've got about 15 minutes left. Does anyone want to start their purge? Lisa, did you want to go get a book? You want to get a book? I had something and then I forgot. I, oh, I did get a book. Yeah. Um, I'm re- So I'm reading One Nation Under Blackmail, Volume mm-hmm. 1 by Whitney Webb. Love. Mike got it for me, I think, is a gift at some point. I, you know, I'm on a real quest to see to see the world as it is. And a lot of that has to do with um, really having been gaslit by our Mm -hmm. government for so long and kind of untangle all that. So it's the first chapter was kind of a slog as like there were a bunch of names I didn't know and laying the groundwork. But now it's really it's just fascinating. I'm excited to hear more about that. The other thing I want to um, talk about is I had ha- our friend Holly's Persian love cake for the first time last night after hearing about it for so long, and it is just the most divine, delicious a thing. Persian that was a Persian love cake, heaven. Yeah, there's um, there's kind of a lore behind it that a young woman was like madly in love with a Persian prince and to show her affection, she, I'm reading this straight off the internet, by the way, (laughs) she baked him a cake infused with rose water, pistachios, and aromatic spices. And after just the very first bite, I was like, oh yeah, I can see how that works. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to have to look that up. It's really good. That's cool. Thanks, Holly. That's awesome. So good. Mm Mm-hmm. My okay, so my purge is periods are stupid. Menstruating is the worst. As I get older, it gets worse oh. in different ways. It's shorter, at least, like the actual like bleeding part is at least like shorter, heavier, but shorter. But mm. like I am out. Like I could barely move on oh. Tuesday. I laid on the couch all day. Mm. All day like just in a fog and uncomfortable and like bundled in blankets with my ipad and a coloring app and watching outlander and i was just like and then my friend gets in touch with me and is like we're gonna do a birthday party for orson and i thought she meant this saturday so in my period brain fog haze i thought i committed to making a birthday cake for this weekend but it's for next weekend so She did make the cake still. It's delicious, too. It's very good. The boat frostings were great. Yeah. The macarons were great. Thank you. That's that's the test kitchen right now is the macaron test kitchen. I want to do the Fruity Pebble ones. So, Tracy, are you telling me I should get a third IUD? Because (gasps) I honestly have not had a period in like 13 years, which I feel is weird and not normal. And I kind of want to just be off birth control entirely but like you know okay so here's the thing i don't mind the actual like i'm having my period i mind the hormone shift the tiredness the headaches yeah like and i didn't used to like i didn't when i was younger i didn't ever like i'd get my period i'd get like cramping for like a minute and that mm. was about it. Like, but now, like, my cramping's terrible. Oh, horrible. Yeah, like, yeah. it's bad. It's bad. Well, I think I still get those symptoms, but don't necessarily. Because Michael Joe can, Joe can say, you know, are you on your period? If I'm like, yeah. which <laughs> in a loving way, Wait, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, hey, for sure. Some of these things are some of these things hormonal, basically. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really have any way to mm-hmm. know. I, it's so funny. Like, I feel like my. 
my physical period symptoms aren't bad, Mm-mm. but like, which is funny. I'm not on birth control or anything like, you know, the first day I'll be really physically painful. And then aside from that, it's fine for me. Yeah. It's the emotional. Yeah. I literally, I'm, you know, I have anxiety, but I don't really have depression too much, but like the three days before my period, I shit, you know, every month I'm like, maybe I should kill myself. Like my <laughs> brain literally goes, maybe I don't want to be alive anymore. Oh and then I'm gosh. like, oh, Oh yeah, something's yeah. happening. No, literally, I know what this is. Yes, like, I will always my find myself like, just sobbing about stuff that's like that one. Everything is like devastating to me. Yeah, like, I'm just like I need to sleep for. I just need to go to bed. I just need to sit in a bed and nobody talks to me and I hate everything. And this is literally the time that I'm like, I'm. This is about to be it. And then I feel like, and then I start to bleed. And then I'm like, or I feel a cramp, and I'm like, I knew it wasn't me. <laughs> 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 This oh, is my new reality. Friend, hello, darkness. Master. This is who I am now. I guess. Like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry. Trigger warning for suicidal ideation, but yeah, it's so just so. like oh, my brain literally is like. That was actually exactly what I was thinking. Is like, how often is a period for a woman just almost impossible to like get through the day without acknowledging that they have to like sit still for a while like you can't just call in sick to work because you have pms your boss it's is becoming, gonna be like becoming, deal with it it's becoming more of a thing though it is becoming is more it? of a thing I've seen i really hope so that are saying, like unlimited period work from home oh my god time. yeah i would have loved that because it's like especially with work from home it's becoming more of a thing of like yeah, yeah because i I still yeah. edit it on Tuesday. Yeah, some people have really terrible periods. And it's not many. It's not like you're seeing huge companies do this, but yeah. I've seen like some tech, some women-owned tech companies. Um, nice. There's a company, like a, an astrology app called Chani um, that I like, that I get their emails and the, every now and again, they'll send out like the job postings they have and they always say like unlimited uh, period leave. Like everyone in our company makes that at least 80000 so a year. What? And, like, the box- from the receptionist to the CEO, like everybody at least makes 80,000 with benefits with like all these different things. It's great. I love it. This oh, is I'll a utopian company. Who is this? Jenny? Jenny Nichols. She has a book called You Were Born for This. It's about astrology. Um, and she also has a Netflix series, I think with the same name. And one of her episodes, she reads the charts of Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. It's just uh... incredible. They like tell them what that. they're doing. Cool. But it's from a very feminist perspective. It's not like you're a Pisces, so this means this is who you are. It's like, no, you're a Pisces, so this is, you know, pot- potentially could be you like take what makes sense kind of a thing. I it's love brilliant. that. I, I love her. that. Okay. I give us more information. Yeah, that's just uh how dumb periods are. That's I like, like that. But I do, I do love learning that there are companies that are starting to recognize the fact that it can be debilitating. It really can be. And I think it's like, instead of that whole suffer your way through it, you'll be fine. Suit up and show up bullshit. Like pain sucks. Pain yeah. sucks. And I mean, yeah. I still worked. 
I sat with my laptop on my lap and a bunch of blankets and had my fireplace, my fireplace. <laughs> a little one of these as like double as a pad on your lap. Right. I would, yeah. <laughs> and I still worked. I still got stuff done. But if you would have asked me to go anywhere, like get dressed, I would have been like, fuck off. I just can't. And I mean, I've been out of the traditional workforce for a long time, I think, probably well over 10 years at this point. So hearing that gives me hope. That's all. So then I'm sorry, but now Mary Tori, who wants to go next? I was just going to ask you, what are you thinking? I think for me, um, I... No, my sister has been in Spain this week, and she couldn't. Well, so I'm really excited for that. And I'm also every time I we went to a birthday party last night, and Tori's been here, and we've been hanging out. It's been really, it's a fun little sleepover. Yeah. I was like, how these plans to watch a movie, or we watch a show, we're gonna do this, and it's just like we just stayed up talking. It was perfect. It was so I nice. Love I that. Love I you both like, look um, so happy. I'm trying to think of like something that I'm like purging this week. I did have a great time. This is a fun sleepover. Had a lot of family kind of craziness. Um, I guess honestly, so been seeing a man, like I said, but that has opened up a whole world of like. Oh, men piss me off because now I have to be like, there's a dirty, dark secret in your past that I'm going to find out and that I have to yeah. That's terrifying. Yes. Men ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to think you might be a terrible person? What do I have to be afraid of? What do I have to be afraid of men? What you did in high school. Yeah. <laughs> what do I have to be worried about? Like, maybe some women coming forward. Like, what, yeah. is, this, like, mm-hmm. what is this reality that we live in that we have to be worried about? Everyone, yeah, <laughs> I know. No, but honestly, I think yeah, yeah, lean into it. Just like I'm, just like man. What if you just waiting for him to just say the N word or something? Like I'm just like wait, <laughs> right? What do you think? What do you like the police? Yeah, the police. <laughs> it's unfortunate that you have to be protective, but it's understandable. Yeah, but at the same time, I really hope that it's fun. Yeah, like interesting yeah. home there. I know. Let it's a great time for a little fling. It's almost spring. A spring is, yeah. you know, it's springing. Yeah. And there's just, there's right. nothing like I, little minor tangent. I think of falling in love with Andrew every time this year. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. Like, yeah. we had one of our first dates on Easter Sunday. Another oh. one of us are Christian, so we just like ended up biking and the magnolias had just started blooming and he picked some for me. And I like mm-hmm. rode with them in my hand while we biked through West Central together, and it was just glorious. Oh. Like they also crashed an Easter egg party. Oh, like Andrew, Andrew and Aiden. Uh huh. Worth it. Like I'm candy. It was. It was really fun. It was really fun. So I'm. I'm all for. I'm all for spring love stories, and I hope that. I hope that it's fun. I love yeah. like the flowers little thing. Like I feel like I'm so, so cute. Like also trying to unthought or unpack the fact that I am allowed to want all the little sweet little like. Yes, you are. Like, yes, you are. I, I understand that. Yes, I know. It's like I'm always like so like. Get off your knees! Why are we begging for all this stuff? But it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, I forgot what it's like to be in the pits of like, oh, but you did that nice thing for me. That's so nice. Yeah. It feels nice. Know. He 
took so my good. picture without me asking and didn't make me feel so Yeah, good. I didn't act like I was such a burden about it. Like, he was so sweet. Then he sent it to me. Like, oh, my God. Like, it's the little things where I'm like, ooh. Yeah. It is. Says, but little things are telling. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but, hey, don't get too comfortable. But he is gonna, he's going to listen. So I did tell him I'd give him a little shout out, too. <laughs> I sent him a link and he was like, oh, listen, while I'm at work, I was like, oh. Okay, just a couple, couple, uh, couple of disclaimers before we say <laughs> I do hate men. Yeah. I want you to let them know. <laughs> I don't want children. Yeah. Three. Uh, <laughs> you know what? He will. He will get to know who you are, and that is a good thing. Like, you're you are smart thing. and passionate and opinionated, and I love that. Came on, I was ready for blowjob talk. Fucking <laughs> Actually, the the what did you say? Something about I that this man would be able to say I gave the best blowjobs, and it's there's, true. There's there's that one, but something about like what what a man expected. It ended with you saying, "And the little dick suck," and I yeah. can't even <laughs> say that without. Like, like that's nothing I would ever say. But the way that you said it was just so funny. It was, it was so funny. It fit. It fit exactly where it needed to be when you said it. Like it was. It was. It was perfect. It was perfect. It's the most vulgar person you'll ever meet. Hi, I'm Tori. What did I say? It's is Tori. It's your girl, Tori. It's your girl, Tori. <laughs> Again, still. Oh, yeah. girl. This is a safe space to say what you feel you need to say and want to say. And I mean, it does take, in some ways, it takes a lot of, like, talking about social media and Uncle Brian, it takes a lot of guts. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I find that my fear holds me back from pushing forward what we talk about because I understand that in our circle this is the norm outside it is not yeah. and so witches we're all witches these people I mean we would have been burned all of us mm-hmm. that is that it's a very real possibility <laughs> okay as long as your husband your husband would like you you probably would have been good we might have been all right like <laughs> married or fucked yeah. you are <laughs> you have been you're both bus. spinsters <laughs> did you know that yeah oh my god we are spinsters you're <laughs> <laughs> old maids I'm yes just kidding. all right i think we've hit our time ladies i love talking to you every week this is a highlight for me lisa me I love seeing your face and having yeah. you with us. Even though I have a swollen eye. Even with your swollen <laughs> eye. I hope that that heals for you very quickly. Thank you. Yeah. I missed you like last week. Not one thing, it's another. Yeah. yeah. We're back together. We'll be back next week. We've got chapter two in Mediocre, The Dangerous Legacy of White Male America. I think this is a provocative book, and I am so glad that I get to cover it with some of my favorite people on the planet.